0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angres apna lagaan or News Laundry apna hafta. Kabhi nahi Welcome to this special episode of Hafta which is A, free. And it's not behind the paywall so it's available to all. B, it's being recorded on location at the Media Rumble where we speak with lots of professionals, writers, news anchors, journalists. So we get you a variety of stuff. Some of you liked it when you did this last year, some of you didn't. But since all of us are here, this is what you're going to get. Also, I'd like to plug pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. Unless you support news, news will die. It will not serve the public. So do stop cribbing and do something about it. Subscribe to the news platform of your choice that you think you like, that you think is credible, that b- brings you the facts. If that happens to be News Laundry, go to newslaundry.com. at the top right-hand corner, click on that option that says subscribe. Or you can directly pay into one of our projects. And right now, the NL Sena project that we have going, NL Sena is the army that keeps news independent. When we started News Laundry, we had started a section called Who Owns Your Media? Because who owns your media determines on the slants or the prejudices or the biases they'll have. So transparency is a good idea there. It's a tedious and time-consuming exercise from getting data from digital portals, you know, where you have to file your returns for your company, to publicly listed companies, to checking out corporations that own corporations that own corporations that own shares in the news platform or the media organization. It takes a lot of time, effort, energy for which you have to pay smart, intelligent professionals. So do pay for who owns your media project. Here you can click on the NL Sena button and pay in larger denominations than just a subscription. Also, please rate this podcast. If you can rate it highly, it'll be great, because then more people will listen to it, and review it, and share it by word of mouth, because the more people who know about us, the more robust our organization can be, and do great work. Send your feedback to contact at newslaundry.com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry.com. We'd like to hear what you have to say, what we can do better, what we're not doing right. And in the subject line, do write hafta. And since you're listening to us, do listen to reporters at our orders where our young, on-ground reporters tell us their experiences of what made the news, what was exciting, what was not, and what's problematic. A fantastic bunch that we have. So let's get started. All right, and here are the media rumble. We have David Osborne, and we are thrilled to have him other than having a great sense of humor and really fun guy. His investigation is pretty kick-ass. Uh, there is a series called Free Meek that has been premiered in New York just two days ago, and it 'll be screened here at the Media Rumble just now, so before he goes for the screening, it'll be followed by a conversation with him and some of the very prominent investigative journalists of India so David, uh, first of all, uh, I hope you found something valuable from the media rumble and and did you meet
2: any journalists who you thought you had a great idea exchange with Yes, very much so uh, really enjoying myself been meeting lots of interesting people. Uh... Uh, Vivian Schiller had a long conversation with her last night about her uh, Project Civil in Washington, and which was a global uh, effort to help fund uh, journalism, small uh, journalistic outlets, which is so important. And just listening to uh, many of the speakers, uh, it's been a terrific event, and I'm sorry it's already halfway through. Okay, now let's get to your investigation. You have been an investigative journalist. You've done some
1: fantastic work, and just like Vivian trying to evolve a new model, a new structure to fund journalism and to keep journalism alive. You have kind of cracked, or are attempting in the process of cracking, a new model and a structure for investigators like you. Like you know, they've been in, uh, in the U.S. the layoffs have been significant, but in India they've been like just just off the cliff. But you believe that there is a new way that people with the diligence of journalism that you have and the curiosity that leads to investigation can crack another model. Uh, What is that like? What's it about?
2: Well, I'm hoping that uh, we're discovering almost by accident at our private investigating firm, we're just nine people, and of the nine, uh, four of us are former journalists. We're discovering increasing number of media organizations interested in using us to find the facts in cases. Uh, We've done uh, two large documentary series, several podcasts, uh, and it's an interesting collaboration because Although private investigators can be quite expensive, it's not as if the media organizations have to hire us full-time. They can hire us on a project-by-project basis. We have a very good reputation in our shop. Uh, so hopefully we, we believe that we lend some credibility to these reporting um, projects like FreeMeek, which we're about to screen here. Um, so I'm hoping that... Uh, collaboration between uh, journalism and private investigators is something that's only just beginning. Uh, It's very interesting and both sides can learn a great deal from each other. I've become a much better journalist after working as a private investigator and and, uh, so it can be a symbiotic, very mutually uh, beneficial relationship that we're developing.
1: And before you run off for your um, film screening, during the Me Too movement there were some cracker investigations that were done by U.S. journalists. We had um, you know, the journalist who actually broke the Larry Nassar story here last year the Media Rumble, and her investigation pretty much could be put in the court of law and, and it would take care of Larry Nassar. There was the famous one on um, Harvey Weinstein, which New York Times did, and even during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, the kind of digging that went into who was there at that time. How Do you think that phase, it was possible for investigative journalism to find like a resurgence because there was such a demand to hold men accountable uh, in the past and that led to a kind of resurgence of uh, journalism and do you think that will sustain or that was just for that year and now we're done.
2: Um, I think that you're right. I think that there have been so many important stories and we've seen some amazing reporting. Obviously, I'm not in India, so I'm speaking more about the United States. We have the current story about Jeffrey Epstein, who's uh, now in, in, in incarcerated, awaiting trial for abusing young women. And the, the reporting that's been coming out in the last few days about that alone also is really quite inspiring. I would say that everything you just mentioned I know that private investigators have been involved in helping journalists with those stories. There wasn't one thing that you mentioned in that list that, we, that hasn't involved companies like ourselves helping the journalists get to that. Uh, I'm not saying that we're writing those stories or anything of that nature, but we're, we're assisting. Uh, and that's also interesting, and you know, we're doing it behind the scenes most of the time, but that's perfectly fine. Thanks. Enjoy your screening and I hope to see you soon. Great. Thank you.
1: Now joining me are three wonderful ladies early in the morning. We're cracking our coffee before they go and attend their first session. Before we move on to the two ladies who are going to tell us a little bit about what tech is doing in news, let me speak with Supriya, who goes by the Twitter handle Rosie Roti. And she will be on a panel about how the Me Too movement was covered by legacy media or even digital for that matter. Has already been on the Haftar. And who I'm going to gloat a bit that Russia has said cricket is not a sport. <laughs> did you read that headline, by the way?
0: I did not, Abhinandan. Uh, can you tell me about what Russia's objection
1: to cricket is? No, no. They, nothing, but they said uh, we will not categorize it as a sport. We will categorize it as a game. And I read that and someone actually t- like tweeted it to me and tagged me. They said this is, you know, regarding that. So I was like... Okay, but why? I mean, of course, I was curious at why does Russia want to say it's not a sport. But I think it had something to do with there's some proposal that should be made into an Olympic sport or something, and they right. said no, it's not. A sport.
0: Yeah, which is so it was a political decision. But it's nice to think that Putin um, watches and is disdainful of cricket. Um, having said which, Abhinandan, you'll also be pleased to know that after our last conversation, I'm no longer a sports columnist. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I write for my local paper, Mumbai Mirror, and after three and a half years, my sports column, was, uh, we've switched it to a books column.
1: Oh Okay. Is, are, you, are you pleased with that development?
0: It's always nice to do new things. Um, Renata Adler said that no staff critic can keep her column for more than two years without getting stale. Um, so doing new things is, is always good for a columnist.
1: Do you agree? Uh, well, I've, I, I don't know new things, but I've been a columnist for about two years in my life. Uh, Or maybe it was eight and a half, and just really challenging. Mm. And that's why I personally am not in favor of having a regular column because if you have nothing to say, then you just force it out. And and, I really like her son, and he's a good friend, but otherwise, you sound like Tavleen. You know, you just say the same thing every week. So, um, yeah, so I gave up because sometimes, you know, I'd get a call. So, what are you writing on this week? I was like, there's nothing I can think of. No, but you have to submit it by Friday. And I'd like squeeze something out. But, but with books, I think there's always a new book. So you can, I mean, that problem may not be the case with books.
0: Right. I think perhaps <laughs> what you uh, also hit on in your time as a columnist and many of us do is that many of us have one or two big ideas or guiding principles from which we derive, uh, you know, kind of the principles of or how we think about and the framework of of uh, of how we engage with the world. And that's as true of uh, sports and books, which is that, and then you start to worry that if your readers already know what the, the vague outlines of what your opinion is going to be about a given thing, are you serving them uh, as, as they deserve? Uh, but I agree with you that with books, it's possible to kind of narrowly... Uh, and granularly criticize them uh, in ways that will hopefully be interesting and refreshing. And it's just nice. It's nice to do a service to readers, right? And say, hey, here's, I'm going to persuade you that this is something that's worth your time or that um, this is something that you should think about when reading this book that otherwise seems
1: great. You're here, uh, the, the panel that you're on is the Me Too panel, right?
0: It's a panel about the media's coverage of Me Too, um, and uh, my pa- co-panelists and I have been talking, and we believe that there's there's a lot of you know criticism. Uh, there are many criticisms to be made of uh, of how we covered the Me Too conversations in India, and of how traditional media diverged from social media.
1: And I think, especially the ones who had a lot of resources, I was surprised that the the lack of resources deployed to cover something that see social media plays its part in making something an issue but I was really surprised because we did that one on BCCI and I know it took us two months and we have like three reporters and it wasn't as one reporter who did it because one party will only speak to X because she trusts X and so we have to you know who worked at the time so it takes two or three months to do that but I was really surprised that no big media who have like 40 reporters deployed anyone to really do a deep dive, and there was there was a lot of stuff that could have been done why do you think that is?
0: Um, Abhinandan, I think you know as better than anybody else that doing deep dives is just not something traditional in, Indian media is interested in beyond a certain point. Eleven years ago, when uh, the November two thousand eight terror attacks happened in Mumbai, we were glued to our front pages for a month after that, following the results of the investigations, the you know sort of the the consequences, the kind of, and we you know sort of the structural problems with why some an attack like that took place. And yet, inevitably, something like that fell off the pages. And now it's become something that we revisit on uh, November 26th every year, thinking about, oh, like we should have had police reforms then, or, oh, our Coast Guard should have been equipped at the time, right? So when something catastrophic happens to you, um, and this is your response to it. You're just not equipped to, I arguably, to uh, to deal with something that uh, you know doesn't feature uh, young terrorists coming in and shooting up a place in grand fashion.
1: But, you know, uh, Supriya, the problem with investigations not being done when an issue presents itself. I mean, it's like I was just talking to David. I thought that the whole Me Too in the U.S., because we had Lisa here last year. And I, you know, had a long, long chat with her and I was just blown away by the depth of investigation that she did. Like, her investigation could be put in court and the prosecution doesn't have to do anything. It was like that solid. The Express has done a bunch of investigations on, you know, past shootings, you know, whether it was in UP, um, a whole bunch of villagers shot dead. They've gone back, pulled out the FIRs, pulled out who was investigating officer. So some resources and time and energy has gone into and they've done a series of those. But like, why, you, you get what I'm saying, right? So it's it's not like it doesn't happen. It happens when there's police atrocities. It happens when there's, you know, Adivasi killings or some other excesses. Do you think it's because the media industry and like our report shows, is completely dominated by men? In fact, I, I, did, I didn't think the numbers would be good, but I didn't think they'd be as bad as that, that emerged. And they're even worse for, you know, marginalized communities. You think that has something to do with it? You think... Women in leadership roles would say we will deploy resources for this, whether anybody likes it or not.
0: Um, I first of all, uh, thank you for pointing that out, and I didn't mean in my um, like twenty percent flippant comment to uh, disdain you know those of our colleagues who do spend years on on really valuable investigations, in spite of the fact that they don't know where where that's going to end up. Uh, I can't really comment on the hypothetical question of whether women in power would deploy more resources for. To cover a Me Too conversation and sort of help it kind of transition from what it is right now into something that's a f- into something that's a feminist movement, right? Something that has goals and that has achie- and, and that and that works towards them in an organized fashion. It's I I feel like there are too many equations of power involved there beyond the simple one of gender. Uh, I'd like to think that we'd, uh, we'd do it because, let's not, because one of the things about US reporting about Me Too was also it was genuinely innovative, right? It gave us a new way to talk about uh, rape reporting uh, and, and it showed in India as well, it's like for the first time ever we didn't have to wait until an FIR was lodged before uh, reporting a case of sexual assault. I think perhaps it'll take us a little bit of time to, uh, to, just, to deal with it methodologically with the seriousness that it deserves.
1: Thanks, please enjoy the rumble and look forward to your session. Tell
0: everyone I, I had two V's up.
1: She had two victory signs up. Index finger, middle finger, both. So that's like, not the W of Alicia Silverstone, Thibosu? whatever, whatever. No, that was thumb, sorry. It's
0: not, it's, not a w for,
1: it's not a W for whatever, it's a W for women. It's, it's not a W for whatever, it's a W for women. It's a different W. Thank you, Supriya. Now, Kavya and Rashmi are two um, ladies who are doing some cutting-edge work on tech. And as we all know, how dependent news platforms are on tech now. Um, Rashmi actually heads tech at Quint. Uh, Quintype, which is different from Quint, the platform. Quintype, the name sounds different, but it's a tech company based in Bangalore. And Kavya uh, actually used to be with Vox, who I think had made a CMS that used to license out, right? Uh, Or their CMS was considered this kick-ass CMS. But do they give it out to others as well?
3: Yes, uh, it is a software as a service product now. That's one of biggest Vox, Vox's biggest uh, uh, revenue streams. But I did not actively work on the CMS. Mm-hmm. I am a software engineer turned journalist, but who's still an engineer. And by that, I mean uh, my job is is effectively editorial technology. So there are a lot of functions in newsrooms that require both technology as well as journalism skills. Things like data analysis for a big investigation, or even data visualization to present an investigation. Um, presenting your long form stories and on multiple platforms and figuring
1: out why your computer's hanging.
3: That too, yeah. I mean, of, often it happens. It goes everything from fix my printer to,
1: <laughs> to you know. Do, do, uh, do you feel angry like so, so you call me to fix your printer? It's like like calling an architect to make Lego, huh? Is, is, do you ever get frustrated when any of your colleagues say, "Hey, Kavya, my printer's not working. What do I do?" Tech genius.
3: Well, it depends on my mood that day. Some days I fix the printer and I like, you know, bask in the uh, glow. <laughs> yeah, bask in the adoration of like, you know, having accomplished something for the day, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my I've satisfied my day need to do the work for the day, and then that's it. That's my productivity for the day. Sometimes, but yeah, no, it it. The thing is, uh, newsrooms are short-staffed and things are changing too fast, so you can't really take offense at that. It's uh, from the person who asks you. But you know, as a as a organisation, you do need people to handle that kind of stuff. That shouldn't be a editorial technologist job.
1: But why did you switch from being uh, just a software developer to a journalist? Especially when the demand for software, uh, you know, engineers is way more than journalists, at least in the Indian in market right now, and I'm guessing the world over.
3: I got bored <laughs> making money. No, uh, the, uh... <laughs> problem. I wish I had bloody hell. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I mean I'm I I I, 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 I love money. <laughs> uh it's um you can, I mean, why, why does anybody switch to journalism, right? You can, you can give it any any name, like you know, you inner in a calling, your your uh, uh, inflated sense of purpose, whatever you call it, right? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you want to feel good about what you're doing, and I didn't feel like I was getting that from uh, being in a tech company, working as a small cog in this big product, uh, and really not getting that gratification of seeing my work in progress, in, in being
1: used. Uh, we have a lot of subscribers who are actually software engineers. So, guys, in case you want to come and join News Laundry for like a fraction of the pay and you can also like give us some of the fortune you've earned, we can do a lot lot more stories and reports rather than just payloading opinion pieces. So, please, Kavya, I'm, I'm very impressed and thank you so much. I think that's fantastic. Rashmi, um, you have developed, um, your company has developed um, the CMS that a lot of, news platforms reside on Swaraj, Quint, News Minute as well. The no, News Minute not yet, not News Minute yet. But there's a third one. I uh, in the National Herald, yeah, National Herald, Bloomberg. Yeah, so you have four or five. How important is tech in actually making a news product work? Well, because when I just started news laundry and I remember we used to discuss it or we were content people. And when you say tech tech, I used to say that content hai, the tech of Satya script that's a good but uh, w- w- was I an ass?
4: In those days, probably So not. Priya didn't ask
1: you, stop nodding.
4: <laughs> <laughs> In those days, probably not. But today, if you said that, you would be. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think years back, probably it was OK to say, OK, tech doesn't matter. Um, and even today, I'm sure content matters most. But if you try to sort of fly without tech, um, that's just unreasonable. Tech is actually not just a place where, you know, just the CMS bit is commodity, right? So the CMS bit is available everywhere. There are so many versions. You can buy a CMS and store your content there. The key is to to actually be able to publish the content to different devices and be specialized in media, right? And there is so much scope in sort of, for tech and media. So you look at the AI and ML bits, you know, the talk we have later. Uh, I think India is sort of not even seen like a quarter of tech applications in news versus if you look at it in the U.S., right, there are so many sort of, like Washington Post uses ARC publishing and they're actually into machine language, machine learning and such, where they're able to sort of leverage uh, technology to provide good content, right, versus I think we are still struggling with the SEO bits and all of that.
1: But, you know, um, when all these platforms, there's Android, there's iOS, each of these has some sort of upgrade and you quickly have to, like, do something to your product. And you're so dependent on these guys changing their instruments, changing their operating system. I While I get the ease of the pipeline and a lot more consumers are reached, I worry about there is, you know, we're completely dependent on two or three big players who, if they decided to do X to their product, we have to jump through hoops to kind of make sure that we're fitting in there. Is there ever going to be, in, in our lifetime, you think, a canvas, a tech canvas, where it doesn't matter what they do to their their product, our platform will kind of metamorphose, size and, you know, be optimized for that through some artificial intelligence learning, uh, you know program or are we dependent on these big guys making us jump through hoops we decide to upgrade or do something to their ios or their, their, their platforms
4: um i wish i could say there will definitely be a time that will happen uh, although like using ai and machine learning to adapt to like operating system changes i feel is still a little farther away people are more focused on solutions. You know, where given an operating system and given a certain platform, how do you adapt to the entire sort of mass set of data you have out there? How do you make things more intelligent for the consumer per se? Uh, In terms of applying AI and ML for actually building something, I really hope we get there.
1: (laughs) What do you think? Am I being too unfair on these big platforms who have condescended to allowing us to... Float our products and our our apps on 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 their uh, iOSs and stores.
3: It definitely is a is an is an alarming trend where you know the whole idea of online journalism was that the World Wide web was a uh, open and free platform, and now you're seeing all these walled gardens. You know, even if you're not publishing onto onto Androids and the iOS, you're seeing uh, AMP, Google AMP, which is its own you know subsect of or like a a, a morphed version of the open uh, specification of HTML. It's the problem is the news industry is not in a place where it can say no to things because we are in trouble financially. And that is, uh, is something that the, new, uh, that the tech industry knows. And until we have that leverage, I don't think this is going to change.
1: On that optimistic note, please enjoy the media rumble. I do hope you find something of value here. Some people... There's Jaggi. Jaggi, my buddy. Why are you eating so many cookies? Okay, Jaggi, please come and join us. Thank you, ladies. Do you know Jaggi? Jaggi is the editorial director of Swaraj Jaggi is a very senior and well-respected journalist And a friend who I love disagreeing with yeah, Because he's very polite So then I, I don't feel threatened So Jaggi, what cake are you having this morning?
5: I don't know, whatever that lying there
1: hmm? <laughs> <laughs> And he's having green tea So Jaggi is a green tea drinker That's, that's why he's always high energy and glowing
5: Yes, yes, I'm trying to avoid general tea and coffee But don't always manage to do
1: that But are you also doing Yoga uh, I do some amount of meditation, some amount of yoga, yeah I see So Jaggi, your session is with me today Do you have? Did you have any session yesterday?
5: No, yesterday I participated in one I mean as an audience But mm-hmm. not anything directly involving me
1: So what did you like and what did you dislike? Please tell us how we can make this uh, rumble better You've been for two rumbles Next year, what would you like us to do more of And what would you like us to do less of And please be brutally honest and don't be polite like you always are
5: no, no. I think there must be a little more balance in terms of uh, the kind of opinions you need. Huh? Like, uh, also say in the panel, I'm there in the evening. I, think, I don't think anybody is going to disagree on anything that you need to call out your own people who you think are doing the wrong kind of journalism or whatever. You'd be surprised. Okay, let's see. No, no. When it comes to the content of the journalism, you may disagree. Mm. I mean, like I don't see Siddharth Badraaj and me agree on anything on politics. Huh? Mm. But to call out what you think He's wrong in the other guy's journalism or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think we all will agree on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, uh, I think you need a lot more sensible and credible voices uh, that actually can articulate a lot of uh, alternative uh, narratives to come into this. That, I feel, can help.
1: So just a few names you should call next year who you haven't seen in the last two years that you've been here
5: see i would say call somebody like say arvindan nilakantan who is a very strongly a hindu culturalite guy huh? but also modern a savarkarite okay so that kind of guy would be a prolific writer is a authority on ambedkar savarkar all those things right mm. so guys like that can come mm. give
1: huh? me three or four more names. Yeah. Give me some, uh, yeah but don't uh,
5: i can't write away think, huh? i'll give you a whole, i'll give 15 names huh? oh, right, uh, not same. 3 or 4 huh? good
1: so now tell me uh, what are the other what sessions did you like yesterday which ones did you attend?
5: I, I attended basically one on that, uh, which was that one. Uh, what was that? You liked it so much that you forgotten about it, Jaggi.
0: Because
5: I saw so many How much wine did you drink last night, Jaggi? I'm a tea You You've seen me. I had one glass of orange juice. Huh? And not
0: just
1: tea He's a green tea The most boring variety. <laughs> <laughs>
5: absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, no, I'm on the business of publishing. That's what I had written. It's Siddharth Yoga. Yeah. Ah, right. That's the one. Oh, yeah.
1: That's the one. Oh, I was on that panel. That's why you forgot about it. No, I okay.
5: thought you guys didn't touch on the most core aspect. I think, and of course, most uh, people who fund media, they don't agree. I think journalism ought to be funded like partly like a university, that is you need to start with a corpus which will underwrite your basic journalism and because it's a 9-10 year business before you actually start becoming anywhere near break even. So if you don't do part of your journalism which is funded through a corpus... You're actually, and you expect that things will have to become uh, cash positive in the next two years. This do then you're running on empty? You're basically going from one crisis to the other. Yeah, you're going to be because see, I think very basic journalism, at least core journalism of any media house, ought to be funded from a corpus. Okay, that means, let's say, okay, you create a basic corpus, say, 20, 30 crores. So you have, let's say, 10, 20 journalists focusing on a certain issues or whichever they want to focus on. Then bigger growth can come from advertising, subscriptions, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But anybody who expects that subscribers will pay the full cost of uh, content is living in a fool's paradise. So maybe a once in a while, a New York Times might be able to do it. But I
1: don't think it's going to work like that. You have to do it like a university. Potential subscribers, are you listening? Are you listening... To that damning statement by Jaggi saying, You conjuces don't subscribe, and that's why we need to rely on big corpuses. See, I'm, I'm, I'm so polite when Madhu's not around to check me. But but yeah, do subscribe and pay to keep news free. If you like our work, subscribe to us. If you like Suraj's work, subscribe to Suraj. If you like both, subscribe to both. And if you're a tech engineer who's made a lot of money like Kavya, just come and give us all your money and, and also start working with us. So there are a lot of options. So Jackie good having you please enjoy your green tea don't pass out by drinking too much yeah. since you don't touch anything else last
5: one for the
1: day <laughs> last, one for <laughs> last one for the day okay fine yeah. thank you all and before we wind up this very special episode of news laundry hafta since we have the wonderful brave and phenomenal artist swara here i thought we should give the last word to her swara thank you for coming to the media rumble and thank you for that interview with ravish what is the state of news media in the country today and what's the state of the film industry
6: well i think that uh, in both cases there are reasons to be uh, to sort of um, be a little worried but i think that in both cases both in the news media and in in the in bollywood especially but in the film industries around india there is a reason for a lot of hope because i think that for me what has been in this whole last Six seven year period uh, of when we've seen uh, electronic media, especially, but also some some print uh, media, turn very very um, what should I say agenda driven uh, and very not neutral. I think the nicest thing has been the uh, emergence of platforms that are more independent uh, on the web uh, most of the times, uh, like News Laundry and so many other platforms that have actually committed to uh, bringing to viewers and readers more objective, fact-based news. And uh, I think that that is really what is saving us as a media-consuming society at this moment, that there are those independent platforms you know channels and portals uh, that are doing the kind of work for example that you're doing and that they are providing a platform for voices that are now no longer being heard anymore in the more mainstream. Uh, I think as far as Bollywood is concerned I think that Bollywood is changing rapidly. I think that there's a lot of reason for hope. I think that the the most exciting thing for me about Bollywood is that there are more women now behind the camera than they ever have been and it's still not enough. But it's great that it's happening, and I'm really, I'm so glad to be part of Bollywood at this time, at, in, in its current phase.
1: And finally, thank you so much for coming. Wish you the best. We shall be looking out for all your work. Thank you for speaking out, for being the voice of reason and bravery. And uh, we hope you'll find some time again to talk to News Laundry. And I appreciate the fact that you have to one interview after the other and yet find something meaningful to say. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that. Bye-bye.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been great being at Media Rumble 2019.
1: Okay, thanks. So we hope you enjoyed that hafta. May I again remind you to subscribe and pay to keep news free. Next week, we'll be recording back in the studio. Do share your views with us at contactnewslaundry.com. At and you can leave your abuse on my Twitter timeline. Until next time, goodbye. Have a great week.
0: All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News
1: Laundry. Help us keep news independent. <laughs>